Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast, right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Hope we find you well. It's been rather a slow week, has it not? A Danielson of a week, you might say. After the United game, you, you would wish for the next game to come as quickly as possible, so you could eradicate the pain and the hurt and the despair and depression of that United game. Get straight back into the saddle. And all kinds of other cliches that say the same thing. Can't think of any of them now off the top of my head, but you know what I'm talking about. As it is, we've had to sit around all week with little or no news, and uh, all we've had to do is moan and groan and grumble and gripe, and I think that's fine. I got no real problem with that. But I would have liked a game in midweek to help us get over things a, a little quicker. Chelsea, of course, coming up on Sunday, and uh, we'll have plenty to say about that game coming up, and more to say about the United game in a few moments' time as well. With me on the show today will be Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. We'll be talking United and Chelsea and all the bits and pieces regarding that. Uh, as well as that, Andre Arshavin is here. The man in the bar is back. He's been in the recording studio. He certainly has. Laying down some tracks for his new concept album. I'm not allowed to tell you what the concept is. Let's just say it's topical. And uh, all should become clear when we play you uh, a few clips a little bit later on in the show. So, Arsenal versus Manchester United at home. They've never beaten us at the Grove in the league. That all changed on Sunday. And uh, it wasn't much fun at all, I have to say. Uh, the the lineup, some of the performances, the general performance, the watching them at our stadium want it more than we did the us allowing them to want it more than we did without saying, no, you don't want it more than we do, we want it more, and at least trying. It was all terrible. First goal, I mean, Nanny. Seriously. For a start, his name is Nanny. Nanny. It's embarrassing to be done like a kipper time and time again by a player called Nanny. So uh, Gail Clichy had a, had a torrid time, a rotten afternoon, by a guy who previously was like, I don't know, Charles and Zogbia on crack, and he made Clichy look rather foolish indeed. So that was depressing. Nanny. That's a goat's name, not a footballer. He brought about the first goal because of his stupid trick, and then Danielson, he made like an archer or something. He knelt down. 
I don't know what he was trying to do. And then Almunia, well, what can you say about Manuel Almunia at this stage? It's depressing to me now that Almunia is still in goal because when you think about it, Jens Lehmann was very solid for us. Yes, he made the odd mistake, but then all keepers make the odd mistake. Almunia played very well for, for two seasons, but still made the odd mistake. And Petr Cech and Shea Given and Reina and all these guys, they all make the odd mistake. It's part of being a goalkeeper. Same way every other position on the field, they make mistakes. Goalkeeper, it's a bit more high profile, but they all do it. Nobody's flawless. But Lehman made two mistakes at the start of the season, a couple of seasons ago. And after those two mistakes, was on the bench the rest of the season. The manager was ruthless, absolutely ruthless. Almunia has been ham-fisting his way through the season and is undroppable. And it's depressing. To me now, it's depressing. I don't want to be hard on the guy. I get, you know, he seems like an awfully nice guy. But he's playing like a cunt. There's no two ways about it. And, and I'll put it into perspective for you. This is how you know how bad he really is. When I'm playing FIFA on the PlayStation, I pick Fabianski, even though Almunia is six better than Fabianski. Six? That's a lot. In video game terms, when you're playing online against some little wanker who's always Barcelona, always Barcelona, aren't they? They're always Barcelona. It's fucking annoying. But anyway, you're playing online and you're thinking, well, should I pick my strongest team? Uh, maybe I'll pick... A- I, I can't even pick him in FIFA. And he's six better than Fabianski. And that's that's the true measure to me of, of why Almunia needs to be dropped and dropped straight away. Almunia doesn't convince everyone, but come on. You've got to be given a go at this stage. Second goal... <laughs> Second goal was thoroughly, thoroughly depressing because it summed up Rooney's desire and work rate and effort and it summed up our complete switching offness. Nobody had a clue he was coming. Not one player. Danielson had a little look over his shoulder and went, oh, oh, fuck. Bollocks. Yeah, there's a... Just turn around. Be aware of where their players are. I mean, he started about... 20 yards into his own half and got there before any of our players. Depressing. And the third goal, well, I mean, oh. the more replays you watch of that goal, the worse it gets. Danielson lost the ball. It was a fairly routine ball, a high ball to take down, but it got away from him. They put it forward to Park. We ambled back. Clichy had no clue what to be doing. Should he go to the player or... Or stay with the man who was running. Go to the player. You have to. You don't have any choice. When it's two on one, you've got to go to the guy with the ball. At least try and make it difficult for him. And don't say, well, Ooh, look at this. Here you go. Here you go. And look, actually, if you hadn't noticed, our goalkeeper is a mentaler. And you could just, like, roll it in there at the near post. He's Seriously, he's mental. Go ahead. Look, score. Told you. And then you have Danielson being overtaken by the ref on the way back. Overtaken by the ref, who's what, 45, whatever he is? Now, I know he was probably never going to get there, but at least goddamn try if you're the one that's lost the ball. Try. So it was all a bit depressing. We got a goal back through Vermalen, who was one of the few players on the pitch who looked like he actually gave a shit. 
and the game passed too many of us by. And the danger is, of course, if we play like that against Chelsea at their place, we're going to get turned over good and proper. Now, I expect a reaction. I'm sure the manager will be telling his players this week in training that he wants a hundred, a thousand, a million times more from them on Sunday when we go to Chelsea, and I think we'll probably get it. There'll be no slacking, no uh, goofing off, no looking around going, oh, fuck, he scored. None of that. But then you have to ask the question, why were we like that on Sunday? Why did some players think it was okay to perform the way they did? Because you can you can forgive a player who's not in good form. And Clichy is an example of this. He's not in good form. He's playing very, very poorly. And we can argue at a later date uh, as to whether that's just he's going through a terrible run of form or whether he's just maybe not as good as we thought he was. But the one thing you'd say about him is that at least he tries. He's, he doesn't stop running. He'll chase back. He'll He'll try and make a tackle. But some players, even that seemed too much for them. And that's depressing. And when you're at the top of the table, playing against one of your rivals for the title, the very last thing that you should be accused of is lack of effort and lack of desire and lack of will to win a game, which was so important that three points would have been absolutely crucial. Now, it's not all over yet. A lot depends on the game on Sunday and, again, the game on Wednesday. And I'm sure, like I say, we'll get a reaction from... Uh, the players, on Sunday when we go out at Stamford Bridge. For me, though, the question mark is why we played like that on Sunday. Anyway, to talk a little bit more about uh, the Manchester United game and uh, the Chelsea game coming up this weekend, in very general terms, is a good player from goodplayer.com. Hello there. Hello there. Manchester United last Sunday, uh, a big test for this Arsenal team and one that they didn't pass. The result, I suppose, always disappointed when you lose against United, the rivalry down the years, and of course uh, a rival for the for the title this year. But the 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 level of the performance, I think, is probably what concerned people more than anything. Arsenal just didn't turn up on the day, really. I think I think that's true. I think people were staggered by some of the defending we saw. I was trying to think when I'd last seen defending that ball from an Arsenal side, and I can't really think of when I have in twenty years of watching the team. And I suppose the amazing thing about this side is that you can go from great highs one week to these terrible lows the next week. And if you if you ask people what two games they remember of this season, they'd probably say Chelsea at home and United at home. And actually, they're not really representative of the season if you actually look at it. And the rest of the time, we've we've actually done pretty well. But it's but it's hard to take your eyes off them if you like when you see when you see us so totally outclassed. And I think we were. How do we explain the, the statistic that uh, the man from East Laura put on his blog? The, the last eight games against United and Chelsea, uh, played eight, drawn one, lost seven, only scored five goals, conceded 18. Um, is, it a, is it an accurate measure of the respective uh, qualities of, both, of, of the sides? Are we that much worse than they are? No, because I think if you look back to last season, um, last autumn, we beat each of them, you know, Man U at home and Chelsea away. Yeah, you can get these little runs. I think the way we play, particularly this season, is is we found quite a high wire, which means you know you can get fantastic comebacks like the one against Bolton. You can get us knocking six past teams as we've seen, but but equally equally you leave yourself exposed. I mean, you only need to look at how many goals Gallas and Vermeulen have gotten, um, which which is fantastic. But um, but you see they've they've obviously been spending a fair amount of time up front, um, which I think is is, is good because we've needed that. But um, I think we've found quite a high why. And so if, if things go our way, that's brilliant. If things don't go our way, we always seem to risk you know, conceding that second and third goal and kind of putting it out of our reach, if you like. So 
Yeah, it's not a great statistic, is it? Hugh, I mean, similarities, I have to say, between uh, the game against Everton when we were two, I think it was one all, wasn't it? And and we're going forward looking for uh, a goal to try and win the game. And and the Pinar goal, uh, simple ball over the top, and all of a sudden their guy is basically clean through on goal. It doesn't seem like we're learning the lessons uh, from the defensive mistakes that we're making, though. No, we we don't seem to be. And that's concerning because... There were some really simple mistakes in there. If, if nothing else, this whole thing of two men going towards one player and leaving another player completely free, I think, you know, Nazari's done it twice, I think he's done that. Um, and I, I know he's only trying to help and he is an attacker, but he's he's kind of left his man and so his man's been free to kind of run the length of the field, if you like, and he's he's gone across to, to a guy who's already been marked. And it, it is fairly simple stuff. I mean, that, that third goal on Sunday was, was incredible and I used to wonder as a kid why, when I didn't really understand angles and how football goals worked, why why people didn't just do what Park Ji Sung did. Uh, and then I realised when I was about nine that it's because of angles and you kind of block off the near, you stop the guy from just doing that. It was like watching some kind of 1980s computer game. Um, it was just embarrassing. But you know, I, I don't know what to say. Defensive, um, defensively, we're we're, uh, we're struggling. Let's say at left back, and unfortunately, the the manager doesn't really have an option there in, in terms of who he can bring in because Traore was um, as poor, if not worse, than than, than Clichy. But it's it's clearly a weak spot that teams are targeting um, uh, when when they play us, and the goalkeeping situation uh, as well. How much longer can he keep playing Manuel Almunia? I don't know. I mean. You know, I, I'm not one. I don't like to go in for all the amateur psychology that some people do because we don't really know. But I have been to, you know, all home games recently, and I went to the Stoke game away. And Dallas and Almunia, from my from what I see, they don't exactly communicate brilliantly. And I, I I just don't see how long it can carry on. But equally, you don't know what he's going to what's he going to do about it. I mean, uh, Fabianski kind of doesn't inspire either. I mean, Minoni for me, you know, maybe in five years or something, but but not for quite a while. So we're really stuck on that, I think, because I, I don't see how we can... I just can't see us winning something with, with Almunia as the goalkeeper because he's, he doesn't make those great saves that you need. He doesn't save you when you need to be saved and he does screw things up when you really don't need to be screwed up, if we're honest. So I just don't... It's a mess on that front, the goalkeeping... Front, I think. Are you of the opinion, I mean, I know uh, Fabianski doesn't really convince too many people, but m- my opinion on this is that he can't possibly be worse than Almunia, and we might as well give him a run of games um, to see what he can do. No, I think we should give him a run of games. I suspect that maybe maybe the next two games is not the time. Arsene might try and look after the Liverpool game, this is just pure speculation, we'll have, a, we'll have 13, uh, 10 days rest before the Sunderland game. Uh, before a run of games which are slightly less arduous than the current lot, I suppose, um, on paper. And so maybe that's when he'd make the change. Maybe he's thinking, you know, for the next couple of games, he'll just stick with Almunia and hopefully just just pray for the best, I guess. <laughs> it's a sad time if we're, if the manager is resorting to praying uh, to solve our problems. Let's hope that he's got something a little more uh, uh, insightful or intelligent than that. Uh, transfer window closed on Monday, the day after the Manchester United game. Of course, had we beaten United, there wouldn't have been the same clamour for people looking for signings. He was never going to buy anyone on Monday if he hadn't bought anybody by then anyway. Uh, but are you surprised that uh, January came and went uh, with a net loss of players and the only arrival that of a 34, 35-year-old centre-half? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think on the net loss of players, to be fair to Wenger, it's not like Wilshire or, or in, indeed Carlos Fellow have been getting loads of starts in the Arsenal starting eleven. So um, I think I can understand that one in a way. But but and I think to be fair on the on the centre back thing, Sendros wasn't really in consideration um, for you know from, from August till February. So so there was actually till January. Sorry, so there was he wasn't really a central defender because he just wasn't considered for the team for whatever reason, right or wrong. So I think he has, on the central defence, he has bolstered things. But, you know, we heard all the rumours in August about him looking at Robert Green on transfer deadline day. seems astonishing we couldn't have found some goalkeeper somewhere in the world that that might have been a, a better option to what we've got at the moment. Um, and, and he did say he wanted a striker and he didn't get one, which is quite uncommon for him, actually, because... Uh, normally, if Arsene Wenger wants a striker, he he normally buys two. Um, but and that that was a surprise. I think with the striker thing, what's what's when you've got two up front, it's it doesn't you can kind of have two strikers playing together. You can have a striker and a forward playing together. And it, it's it's a lot more flexible than when you've actually got one up front. Even though you've only got one place to fill, mm. um, it's a lot more it's a lot more specialist if you like. Um, and I suppose I didn't really think about that so much. And without you know Van Persie. And, with Eduardo struggling, you, you really do in the event when he's only just coming back. And, and Arshavin could play, I think, very well in a two up front, maybe, but on his own up front, I don't think it's his speciality. Do you think he's waiting for Shamak in the summer? Is he, is he looking for uh, the, the cheap bargain signing of a guy that he really wants ahead of spending some money in January? Yeah, possibly. I mean, the other thing I think you have to realise with Ben Good's signings is that, generally speaking, over the last three years, when they have happened, they've actually been quite good. Um, if you look at our Chavin, uh, Vermeulen have been the recent ones. If you go back a bit further, I know you know not everyone's delighted with Sané Nasri's play at the moment, but I don't think he's a bad player. Eduardo, Sanya, Dallas. So once since we've come to the Emirates, have been very good. They've just been few and far between, and it's as though he's become a perfectionist in his in his kind of latter years, and he's not he's not ready to take some of the punts he did a while ago, where he bought five. He famously bought those five players at, in the summer of 2000. I think Inamoto, Wright. Uh, Sol Campbell, Francis Jeffers, and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and I think out of those, only Sol Campbell had any kind of impact at the club. And I, I think he's almost, you know, in his perfectionist ideals, he'd never expose himself to that kind of thing again. Hmm. Not, not prepared to gamble at this point. No. All right. Well, let's look ahead to Sunday. Uh, Chelsea is probably not the place you want to go after getting beaten by by Manchester United. Nevertheless, we won there last season. Uh, Hull showed in midweek that they're not the unstoppable machine that, that we all fear they are, given the, the level of optimism that we're going into the game with. Um, I, I suppose that the, the main thing, of course, is to look for or, or for a, a reaction from the players in terms of the work rate and the effort and the performance they put in. I think that's totally true. I think on Hull it's interesting, because I think Hull also reminds us um, that it's not an easy league. And if, if you saw parts of that game, as I did, Hull were really impressive. Um, and people say that Chelsea and Man U haven't done... You yeah, haven't been as good this season. That's the only reason why we're in touch. But I don't think that's true. I think there's the the rest have caught up in some ways and are putting in huge amounts of effort. And I think our boys actually deserve some respect for the way they've coped against the the, the rest of the teams. If you like, if you look only the West Ham away result, I'd say was a big, really disappointing one, and maybe Sunderland. Sunderland. But they were going through a great a great run of form at the time, and, and we've coped really well with the lesser lights. If you like, actually better than Man U and Chelsea have statistically. Um, so I think that's worth noting. I think that's worth acknowledging for the team. How do we raise ourselves for this Sunday? Well, I think effort is a huge thing. I think you know anyone 
we kind of haven't really talked about Danielson yet, but you don't want to pick on a young player, but it, it was painful on Sunday, and you know he's presumably paid a lot of money, um, and I think he could have run a bit harder a couple of times. Um, if we're honest with ourselves, how do we pick ourselves up? Well, I think if we can vary things, it'd be good. I'm I'm no great fan of the team that played on Sunday. I think it's very sameish. Uh, sorry, Rosicki and Nazri never look more kind of their, their flaws are never as obviously exposed as when they play opposite each other. If you like, yeah. um, if you play one of them, it's and then you play Austrian on the other wing. It's, it's quite a nice little balance. But but if you play both of them, it looks very one-paced and very sameish. Um, I think you know if we can bring in. Bentner and ideally Diaby, we do actually then have a bit of variety in our team. And that just mixes up, causes Chelsea a couple of different problems. Uh, you could even play a Boué, who'd give us a bit more stability and a bit more pace, maybe. So I think if we can if we can give ourselves a bit more variety, that would that could help. But really, effort is a huge thing, and we didn't have it all the time on last Sunday. Uh, is it win or bust? Certainly it's not lose or bust, uh... If we if we if we get beaten at Stamford Bridge, that's presumably it for our title chances. No, I disagree. I'm, no? I'm in the minority of about 0.3 percent <laughs> who um, who actually think that you need to. Obviously, a gap of nine points is a huge gap. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But you do, at this stage of the season, need to look at who you have to play and who Chelsea have to play. Sure. And the vast majority of our games would be against teams who thus far we've done reasonably well against. Um, you know, we'd have uh, only Tottenham and Man City are the glaringly kind of ones that ring sirens out at you. Whereas Chelsea would have a lot more tough games to play. What I would say is if, if the gap is anything more than nine points after the Liverpool game, which is a night that Chelsea play at Everton, mm. then I think that that's definite, it's definitely over if it's any more than nine points. I think nine points would make it very difficult. I actually think Chelsea, would, Chelsea wants to be winning this weekend mm. against us because we do have easier games. I know this might sound hopelessly you know, optimistic on my part and laughable to some of you, the listeners, but I think Chelsea actually wants to be beating us because I think if we can go six points, if we're six points behind after the Liverpool game, after the Chelsea game, sorry, that I don't think is a bad place to be at all. And they go to Everton on Wednesday night. You know, so so actually, I don't, I don't certainly don't think it's win or bust. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced it's draw or bust. Well, that's um, some optimism. Maybe that's what we need a bit uh, at this moment. But uh, f- uh, fingers crossed we get the response that we're all looking for from the players and uh, an end to that rather nasty run of uh, results against United and Chelsea. Good player. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much. Thank you indeed to Good Player from goodplayer.com. Do check out his blog and uh, apologies for some of the sound quality on that. A bit echoey at my end and some crashing and banging at the other end, which uh, I, I'm speculating here. I'm only guessing, but uh, I, I, I imagine it's Good Player uh, helping out at his local soup kitchen because he's a good guy and likes to uh, do things uh, to better his community, wherever that community might be. So I think we can all uh, doff our cap to, to Good Player there. Now, you know, we do welcome your contributions here on the Arscast from time to time. There is the dedicated Arscast hotline, which uh, I must put the number up somewhere so people can actually make contributions. But those in the know uh, have got it programmed into their phones already and uh, did receive some answering machine messages this week. All seem to be of the same theme, kind of. Here they are. Mrs. Bridge is going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Bridge is going down on John Terry. Mrs. Cole is going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Cole is going down on John Terry. Mrs. Drogba's going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Drogba's going down on John Terry. Mrs. Ballock's going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Ballock's going down on John Terry. Mrs. Lampard's going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Lampard's going down on John Terry. Mrs. Essien's going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Essien's going down on John Terry. Mrs. Deco's going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Deco's going down on John Terry. Mrs. Check is going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Check is going down on John Terry. Mrs. Bridge is going down, going down, going down. Mrs. Bridge is going down on John Terry. And, uh, yeah, funnily enough, Arsenal are playing Chelsea this weekend. Were anyone stuck for something to sing if they were going to the game? Perhaps they might uh, take those messages on board? As Chelsea are led out on the pitch by uh, John Terry. What a guy. What a captain. I've been captain of a few football teams in my life. I never knew it came with such privileges. But, I mean, it must be comforting to be a player under the stewardship of, of John Terry. Knowing that in times of crisis, he's right there behind you. Or, to put it another way, right behind your wife. Or, on top of your wife. Underneath your wife. And all kinds of other things. Players will certainly go the extra mile for a guy that shows such dedication and commitment to the team ethic. It's to be applauded, really, isn't it? Anyway, apropos of nothing, the man in the bar got in touch. Might remember he used to do all the player histories until we kind of ran out of players. Sort of done them all. And then he got famous. Went to a swanky new bar, and I don't I don't like it. It's, it's too neon lit and too much kind of dancey music for me, and, uh, you know... Smoke machines and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he was in touch. He's been recording a new album. And he asked me if I would uh, be so kind as to 
give you people a sneak listen. And well, after everything he did, I thought I couldn't turn him down. So um, here it is. Osblog Records is proud to announce the brand new album from The Man in the Bar. Following up on the critically acclaimed songs about Arsenal players using songs that have already been written by someone else and just changing the words around a bit is out now. Entitled John Terry's Lonely Hearts Club Band, it features the classic vocal stylings of a man in the bar on such favorites as How Soon Is Now. I am the sun and the air of a penis that is criminally vulgar. I am the sun and air of football in you said you know, how can you say, they go well things the wrong way, I'm John Terry and I need to be loved, just like everybody else does. You won't be looking for clues with an awesome rendition of Robert Palmer's Johnny and Mary. Johnny's always running around trying to shag players' wives. He needs all the bears to confirm that he ain't lonely. Mary counts the walls, says she's got chlamydia. Johnny thinks the girls are his right because he plays for Chelsea. Mary says he comes too quickly. Just like a schoolboy, body plows are quim. Even when the chance was slim, feel the tug on those heartstrings with a moving version of Simon and Garfunkel's classic "Bridge Over Troubled Water." He's a city, can't stop a go. When you were missing Wayne, I will get my home off your missus in case you had noticed. Like, <laughs> I'm by her side when you are gone, but now they just I'm a filthy clown Cause of Wayne Bridges' wife's abortion I'm a filthy clown You needn't worry, Lindley. Your missus is fine. (laughs) This album is only available through Arsblog. To order, send your credit card details, bank account number, social security number, and your original passport to 7 Dublin. We'll do the rest. I saw her dancing down the street with her pale blue eyes. And now her boyfriend is away. He doesn't know the real surprise. Jason from a ride, ooh, a pearl 
necklace. Here she comes again. He asked me about it, but of course I lied. He used to like her sexy face. She was my best friend's girl. She was my best friend's girl. And now she's mine. Hey, boy, me too. Und also mine. Please allow 28 days for delivery. I think it's fair to say that that is going to be a multi-multi-multi-Grammy award-winning uh, piece of vinyl. Because it's coming out on vinyl to uh, to stop piracy, you see. The minute you put it up on iTunes, one guy downloads it, it's on rapid share within minutes, and nobody makes any money out of it. So it's on vinyl. Or cassette. I feel uh, safe enough releasing it on cassette because nobody has the double cassette decks anymore. They'd have to get two separate cassette decks and put them together with a, a five-pin DIN lead. Do you remember that? Recording from tape to tape. Whether it was a, an album that had been recorded off vinyl onto a tape or a ZX Spectrum game. Everything had an underlying shh noise. But don't worry, I will use the top-quality TDK metallic cassettes. Metallic tape. Remember those? It, was, it wasn't just normal tape, it was metallic Looked like normal tape to me. But then what do I know? Anyway, next year when the man in the bar is at the Grammys with Beyonce and Kanye West and Pink and Nick Kershaw and all these people, I'm sure he'll forget about us. Here at Iris Blog, we'll be as unimportant as people who set up online petitions. Which are, I, I don't know, it's like possibly the worst thing you can do online. I know morally there are worse things you can do, you know, but I mean, online petitions. I mean, the basic thing is that most of them have hardly any signatures. And the simple fact is that if you had any commitment to the cause that you were petitioning for, you could easily make hundreds of thousands of them yourself. Of course, it would take a bit of time setting up email addresses and confirming and all that. But if you were really committed to what it was you were petitioning, then you would do it, wouldn't you? So that's why they're a complete waste of time. Get out there and get a real petition or a life, perhaps. One of those things. Not easy to come by, but if you try, you just might find you get what you need. Andre Arshavin. Hello, uh, I am Andre Arshavin. And uh, this week we play Manchester United. And uh, it's a... It's not so good. Um, in first half, I have uh, one, maybe two, um, five chance to make goal, but uh, don't make goal. And then they scored two goal. And in second half, we cannot defend, and uh, they get uh, three goal. In the after game, I am talking with uh, Danielson, who uh, is very slow. And I say to him, um, hey, you are um, spastic. You cannot uh, run after player. And he said to me, oh, it's very um, funny that uh, you can say to other 
player about running after other player. And I say, oh, you are uh, very funny. <laughs> and then I reach up and punch him as hard as possible. Now he is out of game on Sunday with a very badly bruised shin. Manager is uh, is not happy, but uh, for me it's uh, it's okay. So moving on to team news for Sunday, and uh, Eduardo was out. Not much of a surprise that I have to say it is uh, Eduardo. After all, he is an Arsenal player who we could use on the pitch, uh, but he hasn't recovered from his hamstring problem. Uh, Carlos Vela is also out. Um, he's got a knee or an ankle or a thigh or groin or calf or something. So he's not around. So attacking options from the bench are, are slightly limited. Uh, Theo Walcott is fit. Uh, Bentner's fit in the squad. Diaby is a maybe. He still hasn't joined in uh, proper training, Arsene Wenger says. This is according to his interview on, on Arsenal.com, but that could have been done on Wednesday even. So uh, hopefully Diaby will make it because I think we could probably do with him. Him and Bentner would give the team a, a little bit of physicality, a bit of size, and a little bit of uh, allow us to uh, be a little bit different. It's all a bit samey when everyone in the team is, you know, five foot six to five foot nine. Could do with a bit more tallness. Do not underestimate the, uh, the power of tallness. The game itself, what can you say? We've got to have a reaction from the Manchester United game. My head tells me if we lose this game, that's it for the title chances. Regardless of uh, the run-in that we have, which is a little bit easier than all the others, and there is a lot to be said for getting the results against those other teams. We've heard all week about how United had terrible record against the other big four teams and still won the league last year. I, I just think it's too much of a gap if we lose against uh, Chelsea. A draw... I think we could have some hope that Chelsea are going to drop points along the way, uh, given the uh, given the games that they have and the fixtures they have. A draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world. And on the back of the United game, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take a draw. Of course, I'd much prefer a a win. A late win would be awesome. Um, I mean, I prefer four nil or five nil, but uh, something like Cesc coming forward from midfield. Uh, going past one player, going past another, and taking a shot, which is going clearly wide. Almost out for a throw-in. It's going that wide. And it hits off the semi-erect cock of John Terry. Because let's face it, it probably deserves a bit of physical punishment. Now, I don't want to get into a whole thing about John Terry's cock here. I don't want to... Uh, evoke any images in your head that are indelible, that will stay there forever. That's not my intention here. But it would be poetic justice, I think, if Terry was strutting about the pitch, having a little think about which player's wife he was going to get it on with, little semi-chubby, and Sesk's shot goes boom, and in it goes in the 94th minute to win the game for Arsenal. I would like that very, very much indeed. But most of all, I want our players to turn up and to 
to put in a performance worthy of the shirt and show that they really do want to fight for this title. Quite what team he's going to pick and how he can rotate things, I don't quite know. And let's not forget that before the next time we talk, there's a small matter of Liverpool on Wednesday. So we want to be going into that game a little bit refreshed in terms of our belief, in terms of our momentum. But it is a huge, huge game on Sunday. We've got to get something out of it at least. Come away with nothing from Stamford Bridge. And for me, unfortunately, I think that's our title hopes over. A draw, yeah, we can still do it. A win, we're right back in it. For how long, I don't know, but a win would really set this team back on track. So uh, fingers crossed we'll, we'll hope for all that. Um, one final thing, uh, just in, in light of a couple of emails, uh, some people were asking uh, why it is that the theme music of the Irish cast ends, and it might end at 36 minutes, but on their thing it still goes for 37 or 37 and a half minutes, etc., etc. There's a little thing after the theme tune ends. That's, I'm sure most of you are aware of that, but for those of you that aren't, just let it keep playing. There you go. All right, then. um, Have yourselves a very good weekend. Um, Keep my fingers crossed for glorious victory on Sunday. Uh, Talk to you all next week on the blog, of course, and uh, on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.